Live from the Journeys Group Studio, this is Taking Care of Business. Good day, this is Tommy Pate. And this is George Pate. Taking Care of Business. Today is the third week, well this week rather, is the third week of March. Yep. We are about three weeks away from April 15th. My all-time favorite day of the year said nobody ever. It's the 18th this year. Oh, well, that makes me feel so incredibly much better. Yeah, you got three more days before they uh, pillage everything you got. And this is at the same time that our Presidente has asked for a uh, record-setting tax increase. Yeah, what was it? The new corporate tax is going to be, what, like 30? No. It was over 40%, I think, is going to be the the new highest tax rate. And here's what's fascinating. Guess how much of this money is going to border security and to shoring up Social Security? None. Correct. Not a dime. Where's it all going? Uh, probably um, to woke ventures. <laughs> probably to pay for that new San Francisco bill that's being drafted. The one for the reparations? Uh, do you know all the details of that? Oh, yeah. $5 million per resident. $97,000 a year guaranteed income. And this is the one that kills me. The opportunity to buy any house in San Francisco for $1. Now imagine that that you moved to San Francisco, you worked hard to move there, paid, I don't know, a million dollars for a house, and you're getting ready to sell it, and you have to accept the price of a dollar. I mean, fortunately, it's just a a, a draft of a bill. I don't, I don't think it'll ever get anywhere because something like that would well, something like that will go to the, will go to the Supreme Court, oh, yeah. and there's no way they'll allow that because yeah. it's, it's, it is so... Besides, besides being fiscally outrageous, I mean the the San Francisco annual budget is I think sixty billion, and the the payouts alone would be like two hundred and ten billion. Well, and there's seven hundred and eighty million dollars in the hole in their budget right now. Yeah, I mean there's just the, fiscally there's no way they can do it. And but we are talking about San Francisco, so that makes no difference. Yeah, but I think this is so egregious that even somebody somebody somewhere has got well, to They're, they're demanding that Newsom, Governor Newsom, take executive action because the legislature said they won't pass it. So they're reaching out to Newsom and saying, you take executive action and make this happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just uh, – uh, uh, again, this will go all the way to the Supreme Court and won't go anywhere, but <clears throat> I, I just – I don't – the the, the – um, comparison that i saw somebody doing somebody was analyzing it the other day just kind of breaking it down and and they were comparing it to uh the japanese american citizens in world war ii that were imprisoned or not that were uh, not imprisoned interned thank you and they got reparations but it was the people that were actually interned the ones that were actually affected by 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 the internment the ones that were actually put into these these camps and one of the first drafts i saw by the way said that if you had lived in san francisco for 10 years was of african-american descent or you had a family member that was incarcerated for a drug violation oh they took that part out yes they did well, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 in in uh, Jeez, even San Francisco, like, that's stupid. Yeah, I know. And and in and in better news, it seems um, uh, Biden continues to go back on his on, on all of his campaign promises and begun oil drilling. Oh yeah, in Alaska, which which um, must be must be getting. He must realize he didn't really he, go back on his campaign promises. He just doesn't remember them. That's what it was, and yeah. and it's it's really interesting how how much of a rift that has caused in the the Democratic Party because. You know, half of them are furious that he said he wasn't going to do it. And now he's doing it. And I think the other half just doesn't really care at this point. But anyway, 
Well, uh, we start our show off. Uh, those of you that are a little bit older, perhaps my age or older, remember Johnny Carson used to have a segment on his show called Stupid Pet Tricks. We tend to start our show off with stupid government tricks. Stupid politicians, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of a oxymoron. oxymoron yeah. yeah. No, not, it's not oxymoron. It's redundant. It's repetitive. Yeah. yeah, it's redundant. <laughs> my name is Tommy Pate. I'm a certified financial planner with the Journeys Group. And I'm George Pate. I'm a financial advisor with the Journeys Group. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm in Aden, just outside of Greenville, North Carolina. Our phone number is 252-746-6785. Again, that's 252 252- Seven four six six seven eight five. You can find us on the web at www.thejourneysgroup.com. Again, that's www.thejourneysgroup.com. Our website has a variety of financial articles that rotate on it. It has our calendar and schedule with our upcoming events, which includes the Spring Fling and the Retirement Seminar in Edenton. Uh, it includes our physical location if you need to come see us. And uh, links to YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And last but not least, it has links to the podcast for taking care of business. So if you miss a podcast and want to hear it, that's the place to go find it. We'll find the links to take you to it. Yes. Did I cover everything? (coughs) I believe so, yes. Today, we are going to talk about what is on everybody's (laughs) mind, and that is the cascading failures of banks. I'll be honest with you. I When I came into work last Monday— uh, you know, because the SVB failed the Friday, Friday before last. And when I got to work first thing Monday and I was reading through the headlines, I, I was incredibly worried because I could see. I, I mean, I hesitate to even say this. I, w- I was just I was afraid we were beginning to see another 2008 on the horizon because this is kind of how it started. And then by the end of Monday. Uh, Congress and the the Fed had had taken substantial action to to take care of it, and they had fixed it, and everything was good. Yeah, last week, long story short, last week was just a roller coaster of of, of thoughts and emotions. How did um? How did it resolve? No, I'm what you said. Fix it. I'm 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 taking umbrage of that because it hadn't been fixed. It's, but they bandaged it basically. Well, when I when I say fixed, they they stepped in and they um, they made all of the depositors whole because they their and their logic which I maybe fixed is the wrong word, but they they helped to kind of shore up people's confidence that okay we are on top of this situation that you're not going to be punished for for picking the the wrong bank so to speak. They were they were being very proactive about getting in front of the dominoes before they started falling, which made me feel a little bit better that, that, that they were at least aware of the problem. They could see it coming and they were on top of it, whether or not it was the best thing to do. I think it, it helped restore people's confidence a little bit and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it made them not quite so worried to, it, it may have, it may have prevented a major catastrophe from happening. Well, let's talk about it. February 10th, March, March, February 10th, <laughs> Friday, March 10th, Friday, uh, by Friday before last. Yes. Uh, the Federal Deposit Insurance Company, FDIC, took control of Silicon Valley Bank, the biggest bank failure in America since Washington Mutual in 2008. 2008. Uh, the will started coming off 48 hours earlier when the bank took a multi-billion dollar loss cashing out of U.S. government bonds to pay its depositors. Uh, and it tried unsuccessfully to sell shares to shore up its finances and 
that led to the panic and that led to people leaving the bank. Yeah, it was a double whammy. They lost money on an investment and people tried to pull out all at one time. They didn't have enough money to give people their money. Sunday, March 12th, two days later, FTC shut down Signature Bank after a run on it. By the way, all these are in California. Isn't that interesting? Was Signature? Oh, okay. Did it? What was the one in New York? Wasn't that like Republic Bank or something? What? Yeah, that's in New York. We didn't got it that late. Oh, yet. okay. Okay. Sorry. Please don't. Please don't read my notes ahead of time. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's disconcerting. Yeah. I, I only I only ever saw about SVB. I didn't know about it. Then, then quit talking about it. Okay. If you, you don't want to talk about it. You okay. know what? Just Why don't you just keep talking, okay? I think I will. Okay. Uh, to our loyal listeners, I apologize for the... Unprofessionalism? No, they're used to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sunday, FDIC shut down Signature Bank. After a run on its deposits because they were spooked by the implosion of Silicon Valley Bank. Now, both banks had an unusually high ratio of uninsured depositors to fund their businesses. In other words, everybody there had more than a quarter of a million dollars in in accounts. Wednesday, March 15th, after watching shares in Credit Credit Suisse collapse by as much as 30%, Swiss authorities announced they were going to backstop the, the large, second largest bank in Switzerland. Uh, it calmed the immediate market panic, but uh, really? it's not out of the woods yet because um, there doesn't seem to be a long-term plan how to fix this. It just seems to be a band-aid. Thursday, March 16th, last Thursday, First Republic, two on the brink of collapse. Janet Yellen, our intrepid Secretary of the Treasury, and Jamie Dimon, the CEO of America's biggest bank, drew up a plan for a private sector rescue. That's why I was raising my eyebrows when you said Congress. Congress had nothing to do with it. Okay. Uh, it, uh, it, maybe it was a congressional committee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it was Janet Yellen, because it happened too quick for Congress to do it. It happened overnight. Congress doesn't have that ability to make a decision overnight. Okay, there there was a uh, a video I saw from a from a congressperson that said that they had an emergency meeting Monday night at like two o'clock in the morning to discuss. But anyway, I was I, I got my names mixed up. My apologies. Yeah. But uh, anyway, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and Jamie Diamond, who I believe is CEO of Bank of America, I think I can't swear to that. Okay, but anyway, drew up plans for a private sector rescue, and this was a group of American lenders, some of the biggest banks in the United States deposited tens of billions of dollars into cash in the First Republic to staunch the bleeding. But again, that's staunching the bleeding. That's not correct. That's not fixing the problem. All right. Sunday, March 19th, what, three or four days ago, mm-hmm. UBS, listening. which is Switzerland's biggest bank, agreed to buy a Swiss credit bank or Credit Suisse, an emergency rescue deal. So, so far, <clears throat> There's been four hundred more than four hundred billion dollars in direct support guaranteeing the deposits of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. The United States Federal Reserve is on the hook for one hundred and forty billion dollars. Then there's the fifty four billion dollars that Swiss National Bank offered Credit Suisse and two hundred and twenty five billion offered to UBS in terms of loans guaranteed by Switzerland so they could buy. Credit Suisse. The Fed has also agreed to record amounts of loans to other banks. Banks last week borrowed nearly $153 billion from the Feds, smashing the previous record of $112 billion set during 2008. So it's disturbing that 
what we're doing in 2013, uh, 2023 is more what we did in 2008, which didn't work. Banks also drew $12 billion of emergency loan lending program. This may be what you're talking about, established at the start of the week to prevent more banks from collapsing. Yeah, because, okay, maybe that's what I was thinking of. The $318 billion the Fed has extended to in total to the financial system is about half of what was done during the global financial crisis. But it's still a big number. Um, Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Citigroup are among groups of the 11 banks that put $30 billion of cash into First Republic. Uh, so here's some questions. Is my money safe? If you have less than a quarter of a million dollars out of an account in a U.S. bank or a bank insured by the FDIC, then you have nothing to worry about. Joint accounts insured up to a half a million. Um, European accounts sort of kind of the same way, but this is the time to pay attention to this really clever plan you may have had about having international banks selling your money. <laughs> <laughs> um, will this make it hard to get a loan? And the short answer is yes. Banks are stressed to the max, and so they're going to underwrite it great, great deal more. Remember what caused the collapse in 2008 was if you were breathing. That's all the criteria you had to have to give a bank loan. And I have to wonder if, if after what happened with Silicon Valley Bank, if they're going to crack down on banks and and, and regulate them much more heavily, or kind of tighten the tighten the knot on them and. <laughs> you know, force them to have a lot more cash available at any given time to prevent something to maybe prevent something like this from happening, which again will make it harder to get a loan because the banks have less money to lend out. Does this make a recession more likely? And the answer is yes. Now, if you've listened to us, we've been in a recession for some time, I think, but anyway, um, again, secretary of treasury, Janet Yellen said to the economic committee, this could turn into a significant source of downside economic risk. Yeah, Janet, that's the way to figure this out. Um, <laughs> Goldman Sachs said Wednesday, last Wednesday, that growing stress in the banker section has it boosted the odds of a recession within the next 12 months. They believe that the American economy has a 35% chance of ending a recession within the year, up from 25%. This is what concerns – one of the things that concerns me, the world's second biggest economy, China, is also sputtering now. And in a surprise move, Friday, the China Central Bank, kind of the amount of money that lenders have to require to hold in reserve so they can keep cash flowing through the country. None of this bodes well. No. Now, to compound the problem, <laughs> the feds are meeting this week. Federal Reserve Board to decide its next step on interest rates. So the feeling before all this happened was that we would see uh, at least a quarter of a point increase uh, in the prime. Now they're saying, don't know. You know, I mean, you're at the point now with the interest rates where you're in that fine grade, you hear the term soft landing, where if you move it too much more, you hurt the economy. If you don't move it enough, you hurt the economy. Um, and it's it's impossible to tell where we're at right. It, it, I shouldn't say impossible. It's very difficult to tell 
which way is the correct way. You know, are we are we at a point with interest rates now? Because remember, but when they declare an interest rate hike, a hike in the prime, it takes about sixty to ninety days for the economy to accurately reflect that interest rate hike. You know, to to see what kind of impact that's going to have on inflation, and so it's just it's very difficult to tell. Okay, if we have we raised interest rates enough by now to cool down inflation. You know, inflation is still up, but it's down, it's going up slower than it was. Now, does that mean that if we give it a couple more months, it will slow and, and, and completely stop and go the opposite direction? Or does it mean that we have just slowed it down, not not forcing it to come to a halt? And that that's what's so difficult to tell right now. Well, it's pretty, uh, I want to say it's pretty clear to, if you use logic, which is always a mistake when we're dealing with federal government, government. yeah. yeah. Uh, logic says they'll either do a quarter point hike or they won't do anything. Because um, there's, there's really no reason to go more than a quarter of a point. Because I think that would be, well, I think, I think that would be overkill. Half a point would be would, would be overkill. The, would destroy exactly. the little economy half. Um, there's no question the feds are not done raising interest rates. They just may not raise it this 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 quarter. Yeah, they may they may give it a break just to um, see what kind of impact that has. Because everybody agrees that inflation is slowing, but it's still there. It's, sure, it's, it's not gone, so to speak. Um, which means we're on the right track, but we're not we're not there yet. Well, obviously, I'm not Jerome Powell. You talking about? I mean, having to bake biscuits without a recipe oh my lord yeah i mean i as as much as i, I harp on him about uh, some of his policies his job is incredibly difficult trying to balance all this stuff now the bond market thinks financial stability is more important than fighting inflation so the bond market is pushing for no rate no rate hike now keep in mind what put silicon valley bank under was that the majority of their deposits were in United States Treasuries, and I don't I don't understand that. that Grant, I'm not the sharpest knife in the but I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I don't either. Because you know, United States Treasuries are guaranteed. You know what they're going to pay. Um, I I don't understand. How do you take a massive hit on Treasuries when they're guaranteed? I mean, you yeah, I mean, know, you know what, what they're going to pay. pay. <laughs> I mean, I don't. So if you knew that it was going to pay four and a half billion. And that wasn't enough. Don't buy. Them. Why did you buy them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't understand. Yeah. That. That's the safest investment you can have, and you and you still screwed it up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So what does this mean to normal human beings? I think several things. I think number one, um, the economy is still not going to be good, no matter what they're telling you. It's better than it was, but it's not good. Yeah. Um, Bank failures cause wholesale panic, and wholesale panic is about the worst thing an economy can have. Um, I think that's what worries me the most is is people's reaction to it. Like last week, when this stuff first started happening, the black the CEO of BlackRock, BlackRock's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, investment companies in in, in the United States. Uh, he came out and said that you know SVB was not a single domino it was the the first domino in a long line and regardless of i mean I, nobody knows if that's true or not but what what concerned me then was how are people going to react to that because like you just said that scares people when people are scared that's what drives the market down well here's some things that really caught my eye this week um usb offering to buy credit swiss for a billion dollars but credit swiss is said to be pushing back the Fed was late acting on Silicon Valley, even though the problems were obvious. 
it's the end of an era for the global economy. And this is bad enough that Warren Buffett has reached out to Biden on the banking crisis. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamie Dimon and Janet Yellen got $30 billion for First Republic, all from private lenders. No government money there. And Goldman Sachs no longer sees oil at $100 this year. Now, this is, to me, is uh, incredible. A year ago, the Federal Reserve Board were saying that um, the interest rates for 2002, 2022 would be below 2% by the end of the year. They were, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what, I, I don't, I don't, they're smarter than I am. But I do not but have any idea where that came from. I, I think a lot was politics. They're trying to help Biden out. Nobody likes a rate hike. Um, but um, I, I think they were just they were trying to in, inspire false confidence and false optimism. Where because I, I I truly don't think they they believed that. That because with their job, I mean, you you got to be pretty intelligent to to do their job. Well, to be, either to, that or politically connected. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even then. There's a re- there's a certain amount of intelligence that has to go into this stuff or politically connected, but I I I really find it hard to believe that they could say that and truly believe it. I think, like you're saying, it was a political move, or they're just trying to inspire confidence in people. Hmm. Either way, it didn't work. Uh, obviously. Well, I mean, when you when you um, announce <clears throat> a year ago that we're not going to have that inflation is short term, and the problem is going to be around two percent. And three months later, you acknowledge that inflation has really dug in and is going to be very difficult to beat back. And the problem ends up being five or six percent. You're either you're either not reading the data or you're completely ignorant or you're not being honest. And and to me, that that would inspire even even less confidence than if you just came out and said in the beginning, all right. Things are not great, uh, and they're not going to be great for a while. You know that that um, we're going to have to raise interest rates. We're anticipating a higher amount than we thought. To me, that would inspire more confidence than to uh, quote these low numbers and then have to come back three months later and say, "Oh man, we were wrong." To me, that just to me, it would make more sense to just be just be upfront about it. And I know we're talking about the federal government here. Just be upfront about the numbers and the data with the people. And just acknowledge it from the beginning rather than having to come back into a complete 180 three months later. Now, what does it mean to normal consumers? Nothing. Uh, it means the stock market is going to continue to be down, although it did rally yesterday because uh, there's uh, about 300 points. They're starting to feel yeah, better about Monday, the yep. bank bailout. Yeah. Uh, you know, this reemphasizes don't keep more than a quarter of a million dollars in the bank. Uh, it emphasizes that. The federal government is, uh, I mean, I have no confidence in them at all. They, no. they, they, are, they are a political machine. Uh, I saw an interview Monday, yesterday, day before yesterday, whatever it was, <laughs> last Monday, where they were interviewing Janet Yellen about, who again, who's Secretary of Treasurer, about Biden's rate hike. And they kept asking, why is there not a dime of this money going to bolster Social Security? Right now, the federal government has admitted that in 2038, when Social Security runs out of money, everybody that's on Social Security, unless something's done differently, will get a 24% decrease in their payouts. Is it that much? I thought that I thought much. it was only 15. Okay. 
And, and they know that. This is an accepted fact. Well, and, and, and every year they acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. They acknowledge that this is a problem, but then they don't do anything about but it. But they were asking Yellen why this massive tax increase, some of it wasn't going to bolster Social Security. And she said repeatedly, like an automaton, uh, President Biden is concerned and wants to ensure the sanctity of Social Security. That's all she'd say. So I have no confidence in Washington uh, because of the people that are there, and I'm including both parties. I think they're both yeah. both uh, crooked. <laughs> but anyway, if you're a, a normal American citizen, uh, look for a really bumpy stock market for the year. Uh, I think the economy is going to slowly get better despite our government's attempts to ruin it. Uh, I don't think that uh, you're going to see anything dramatic happen this year, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, but I think that the less involvement you have with banks, yeah. <laughs> maybe the better off you are for a little while. Yeah. Uh, and don't blame your banker. It's not their fault. They're, they're not the one making these ridiculous rules and everything. Yeah. Uh, if you want to borrow money, you're probably going to find it's much harder to do so. If you uh, are a big believer in bonds, I would ask you to spend that belief for about a year. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not really doing much of anything right now. Yep. Uh, but overall, it's it's just the usual garbage. Yeah, that big money is playing. Yeah, I mean, it does impact little money, people like me and you, uh, but we really can't do much about it. Uh, as long as you've got, again, less than a quarter of a million or up to a half million in the bank, you're okay. Don't look for any great punches in the stock market. Um, if you have questions about this, if we can help you with this, Give us a call at 252-746-6785. Again, 252-746-6785. Well, here the music in my ear. It's about time to get off my soapbox. <laughs> I appreciate all y'all spending some time with us today. Hope you have a great week and look forward to visiting with you next week. This is Tommy Pate. And this is George Pate. Taking care of business. The proceeding has been a paid program. The advice and opinions expressed by the Journeys Group and their guests are their own and may not reflect the opinions and advice of WTIB or Interbanks Media. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although should not be relied as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities are insurance products. Fixed annuities, rates, returns, and guarantees are subject to the claim paying ability to the underlying insurance company. Please see a statement of understanding and prospectus for a full detail on products discussed. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation and as such is not intended to be a direct recommendation. Before acting on any information mentioned, you should seek the advice from a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine whether it is suitable for your specific situation. Investment advising services are offered through the Journeys Group, an SEC-registered investment advisor.